I think race is such, it's like at the core of so many like systematic injustices. And I think that it's just that I think being able to, I think a lot of times, I think at least for me as a person of color, I tell people I want to be seen as different. Like I want you to acknowledge the fact that I am not white, but I do not want you to treat me differently, even though you're acknowledging that I'm different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just being able to talk about like, race and like how you feel and certain experience you have with someone who's been through it i mean it's kind of like hikers in a way it's like i love talking to pct hikers who've actually done the trail because they understand what that's like and i think that's kind of a similar thing with people of color is that like you're just talking with someone who's been through it and gets it Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six of The Outdoor Social. I'm your host, Tommy Corey, a.k.a. Twerk. It is a very gloomy and rainy Wednesday afternoon in Portland, Oregon. It means winter's coming, and I'm pretty damn happy about it. Um, Hope you're snuggled up somewhere cozy while you're listening to this. Maybe in your car, on a commute, maybe on a long hike in the rain. Uh, Hopefully not the latter, because hiking sucks. Uh, speaking of hiking, uh, I did trail magic for some PCT hikers this last weekend. Uh, so I drove out about 10 miles North of bridge of the gods on the PCT, uh, on this very random road crossing. Uh, and when I decided to leave, I, my two wheel drive van couldn't get back up the Rocky Hill. So I turned around and I thought, well, maybe if I go down this other way, you know, drive down into this steep valley, maybe it'll connect to a different road. So that's what I did. And uh, as I got further and further down, I just kept saying, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm I, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. <laughs> because it was very steep, very rocky. I knew my van wasn't going to get back up. So the only thing I had, the only choice I really had was to keep going down and hopefully see if that road connected to something else. Well, I got to a big creek and there was a giant log in the middle and I knew I was not going anywhere. So uh, currently my van is still down there. I went yesterday with my friend Jolly, who was uh, really nice to help me try to get it out. And we didn't make it that far. Um, so we maybe got the van up another half mile up that hill. So it's just sitting there. Um, I think going to go back Friday, give it one more shot. And if not, I'm just gonna say, fuck it, whatever, get a new car. Um, yeah, honestly, at this point, it just seems like more of a pain in the ass to get it out. And I literally will be the worst, like the worst person at practicing leave no trace. If I leave my van out there, I get it. Uh, but there, 
if you've seen, if you could see this road, uh, there's literally only a helicopter could probably get it out. Um, it's very narrow, very bushy and rocky and, um, uh, there's no way a truck with a trailer could get down there or even pull it. So, uh, we're going to give it one more go. And at the very least, I'm just going to get all my shit out of it. Uh, it's so that's my week. It's been a little bit stressful, but things could be worse. Um, at least I didn't, you know, roll down, roll off a cliff while I was in it or anything. I will tell you though, staying the night in that thing down on a deserted forest road by myself in the trees in the pitch dark was fucking scary. I like all I could think about was Bigfoot coming to like break in my window and take me to another dimension and keep me as his Bigfoot bride or something. Um, I don't know what really happens when Bigfoot attacks, but uh, that's all I could think about. Um, in other news, today's guest is my friend Kelly Chang, or on the trail, we call her Gusty, Crusty Gusty. We met in Northern California last year on the PCT, um, so she is a Asian American through hiker, and I know recently got into climbing. Um, she just moved here to Portland, Oregon, which is awesome that we actually got to sit down in person and do this interview. Um, she's just started law school here in Portland. So, um, mama's a little bit busy lately. So that was awesome that she was able to take some time out of her day to sit down with me and, um, have a little chat. This is a shorter episode. So, um, that's nice for those of you who don't like sitting and listening to my voice for two hours. Cause I mean, even I hate sitting and editing these things. Cause then I have to listen to my stupid voice. Uh, <laughs> I uh, really like this episode. Um, Kelly talks a lot about her identity um, as an Asian American woman and how uh, through seeking the outdoors, she's become more connected to that. Um, And we just talk about why representation is really important, um, which is just kind of the underlying theme of this entire podcast. Um, So I, I, it's a great episode. I think it's um, been really fun to explore people who are different from me and why they seek the outdoors, but also people that I know, um, and get, you know, it helps me get to know them a little bit better. And that's, what's been really valuable for me, um, doing this. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. I do have to preface. I live with a five-year-old, so, uh, there might be a little running and screaming in the background at some points, but you know what? I could edit it out, but it just adds character and, you know, I don't work at a goddamn recording studio, okay? I got two microphones I spent like 300 bucks on and a Mac computer. That's all I got. So hopefully it sounds good for you and you're not too annoyed by the sounds in the background. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, here is my gal pal, Kelly Chang. Okay, just for the sake of the podcast, you should say what <laughs> you say. What I already said. Okay. <laughs> um. So just my name, age, and where I'm from. And the biscuits. Oh, and the biscuits. Okay. Um. I'm Kelly Chang. I'm 28, and I'm from Davis, California, and I like bland saltines. I had her say that about 20 times to check the levels for the podcast. Um. I just mostly wanted you to say that. No one else says that. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, that was our podcast. No, just kidding. 
Uh, I'm here with my friend Gusty, Krusty Gusty, aka Kelly Chang, Big Mama, Big Mama's <laughs> house. Thanks for doing the podcast. Um, yeah. So I probably didn't tell you too much about the podcast today. No. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, we're I'm just asking people about their backstories. Um, so. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about hiking, but it's kind of more getting to know people who they are before the trail and after the trail um, and uh, to hopefully, you know, make the outdoor experience and through hiking um, or any outdoor uh, outdoor activity in general, just less uh, intimidating to maybe people of color, LGBT people. Um, so it's in a, in a way trying to help diversify the outdoor um, system. So, uh, so thanks for doing this. I know you didn't have much going on today anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just joke. He's not lying. <laughs> JK, JK. Um, we'll start easy. I have a couple of, uh, <laughs> fun segments we do. Um, the first one is called, what would you rather butt chug? Uh, n- no, I'm joking. I'm just oh joking. Really? <laughs> You're like, what did I sign okay. up for? Um, no, the first one's called who said it, where I read, uh, pull quotes from Instagram posts that you have liked um, and from people you follow. So these are all hikers to make to narrow it down. So okay. I'll read five of them and you have to guess who they are. Do I say their trail name or? You just identify them. Oh, yeah, okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as you can identify them. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What a great feeling to take back the wonder of the trail and at least for now, channel it into many projects while still keeping the vagabond and drive alive. Oh my God. I have no idea. <laughs> oh. <coughs> these are people I've liked. These are quotes. These are, these are posts you've liked by people you follow. <laughs> um, was it you, Twerk? No. Guessing again. Leapfrog? I don't know who that is. Oh, his, okay. Gosh. I don't know. It's Hot Pants. Oh, Hot Pants, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is bad. (laughs) It's fun, it's fun. Okay. I've slogged through snow, climbed steep mountains, and pounded more electrolytes than I could ever imagine in attempts to combat the elements. (laughs) If this were an exam, I'd fail. Um, gosh. I follow all these people, too. So that is this might... Grizel? No. no. Um, is this Threader? No. No. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me again. It's Bones. 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 Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. <laughs> Last night I replayed the day I climbed Mather Pass. The moment I woke up, I desperately tried to get back to sleep to stay in that world forever. Oh. (laughs) Um. Hobble. No. (laughs) Airborne. It's airborne. Okay. (laughs) Felt like that one was a giveaway. Okay. Here we go. I haven't. I don't remember a lot of these. Well, you should start reading your Instagram posts. I should. Not very genuine, are you? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right. 
Now that the end is in sight, it's easy to get caught up in the miles and forget to appreciate how far we've come, the places that we have left us, the places that have left us breathless, and the pri- privilege of this experience. That's my quote. Okay, God, thank God you got one of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've gotten a couple of people, they didn't get their own, so that's... Whoa. Yeah, I know, I was like, shit. I was like, I wrote that. I <clears throat> was that. wasted when I wrote it. Um, <laughs> all right, last one. I'm so grateful to our parents, friends, trail angels, and the strangers who helped us throughout this venture. It would have been unimaginable without your food, rides, beds, resupply boxes, and much more. I'm going to say you twerk? No. No, darn. I'm not that thankful. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, uh... Let's see. Who do I follow? They finished the day after me. Oh, so later. Ha- no, Hobble finished the same day as you. Um, They're in a couple. Couple. I want to say cinema, but she didn't finish. I don't know. Oh, oh, it's photo op. Oh, oh, you saw my lips moving. You saw my lips moving. And thesaurus. Okay, I see. Okay, we're going to be cheating through this whole thing. (laughs) Couple, okay. (laughs) Oh, man, okay. So glad this is not how law school is going to go. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. (laughs) Um, Okay, next one is a not-so-rapid-fire round, so you don't have to answer them fast. They're just general questions. It's just kind of, you know, get get you lubed up for the real questions. Okay. Okay, if you will. Okay. Describe yourself in three words. Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Driven and goofy. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. We might come back to that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, What would be your last meal before you die? Ramen. Really? Yeah. Not, Not instant ramen, like real ramen. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> when I hear ramen, I just think like top ramen. Okay, okay, that's fine then. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, these questions aren't trail related either. These are just general questions. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Um, I guess inauthenticity is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Or like disingenuous. There we go. Okay. Uh, Who would you want to play you in a movie about your life? Like a famous actress. Probably Aquafina. Who's that? She's in Crazy Rich Asians. (laughs) (laughs) She's weird. That's her real name? I don't know, actually. That's like her alibi that she goes by but i don't know what her real name oh okay is. like lady gaga or yeah, like okay yeah. gotcha okay <laughs> so i was like, well, <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> i want that? a water bottle to play me <laughs> <laughs> um if you could listen to one musical artist for the rest of your life who would it be oh, um these are the hard questions probably the rolling stones I'm glad you didn't say the Beatles because uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm more of a Stones fan anyway. Um, if you died today, how would you want to be remembered? I guess as someone who is able to always stand in their truth. Yeah. 
like, wrong. I'm just kidding. Awkward is real. This is a quiz too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what are you most t- terrified of? Probably making decisions. <laughs> just any decision? <laughs> most, yeah. I'm yeah. really indecisive. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it seems like you've made some good decisions in the last year. I'm getting better. Yeah. 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 Like not going to law school. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you're going now, but I'm saying, yeah. Deferring. Deferring law school so you could finish the trail. That was a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm getting better, but I used to get like paralyzed by choice. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think too much about the future and like where, like how it's going to affect everything? I think I just get concerned with like what the right thing to do is or what is the right choice when oftentimes there's not really one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And once you make a decision, I mean, there's no turning back. So, yeah, you just got to follow through with it. Yeah. Just lube it up, stick it in, then you're done. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. name of this episode. Uh, lube it up, <laughs> stick it in. Uh, for you, how are you finding ways to recreate your happiness from being outdoors for an extended period of time in your real life now? Um, I think that's something I'm still working on. It's like an ongoing process. But I think it's just remembering at least the like emotions and feelings that I had on the trail and like trying to replicate that in experiences. So for me, that's a lot about like building community with people who enjoy the outdoors, who like getting outside. So I, I do a lot of rock climbing now and um, skiing in the wintertime. Obviously not right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you skiing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just trying to like find activities that bring out those same emotions in people as well. Yeah. Um, so I... think how we're not downstairs because it would be a lot worse <laughs> uh i was stalking your instagram and i saw you met alex honald oh yeah how did that happen um it was actually it's less exciting i didn't meet him at in yosemite or something but um he came to my climbing gym in the bay area and he did a talk with um conrad anchor and so i fangirled and was like can i take a photo with you <laughs> can i lick your butthole <laughs> <laughs> maybe after a good shower we'll see um (laughs) it's so interesting to go back and like look at your friends instagrams like especially people you know like only know from trail Mm -hmm. and then afterward to like look through old pictures and be like oh this is who you were before the trail because like do you feel like you changed a lot from your through hike oh my gosh i mean i think it was transformative for me. Like it profoundly changed me as a person. So yeah, I feel really different now. Yeah, how so? Um, Were you in a sorority? No. Oh. <laughs> I was not in a sorority. Was judging from the pics, but. <laughs> I did go to an all women's college. So it was like a giant There we go. Sorority. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I think it sounds super cliche, but I think the trail really taught me like what it means to like love myself And I just felt really self-sufficient. I think I grew up really sheltered um, with my parents and, like, always could rely on them. So to be able to do something like the trail on my own was, like, really big for me. And also learning that I didn't need people around me, that I could hike alone, that I could set my own schedule. That I'm like, okay, I'm going to go into town today or I don't want to go into town today. Just being able to make decisions for myself and follow through and not rely on other people was 
I think really important for me. Um, and I think just in terms of like embracing like myself on the more like physical appearance, like I just don't care like what I wear anymore. And I like rarely put on makeup and I just, I just wear whatever I'm comfortable with in. And I think the trail definitely helped with that. Like I don't even shave my legs. It's been nine months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I just, I think I've just embraced myself a lot more. It's funny how through not caring, you feel better about yourself. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, in real life, we spend so much time, like, what am I going to wear today? Like, oh, I need to shave or I need to, (laughs) for me, like, I need to trim my facial hair. Otherwise, I feel, like, gross. But then, like, when you're on trail, yeah, it's like you don't care and yet you feel better. It's it's weird. Yeah. I mean, I think I went a little, (coughs) my dad definitely said I was a little unkempt. He was like, five days without showering is a little gross, like, in the real world. Yeah. Well, that's my only option. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, but in the real world, mm, it's a little. Long. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> as long as you don't, you know, you're not like going on dates or anything. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Depends. Depends. <laughs> depends <laughs> how? how uh, so you come from Asian American parents. Wait, wait, were your parents born in um, the United States? So my mom came over during the Vietnam War, and you're like, Viet- so you're Vietnamese. Yeah, I'm Vietnamese and Chinese. My dad is... Chinese. Yeah, Chinese. He was born here. Okay. And then your mom came over when she was young. Yeah, when she was about nine. So how how were they when you told them you were going to do this? What was their reaction? Um, Because I know it's probably a lot... I think uh, a lot of people of color, it seems like a running theme. Like their parents are very uh, protective... And also, like, what the fuck? You're going to go spend six months in the woods? Like, you know, it's a lot different, probably a lot different from, like, a lot of white people's parents. Especially yeah. being a woman, too. Yeah. Um, I would say that their way that they viewed the trail is definitely a product of how they grew up. Um, so my dad was born here. He's super outdoorsy. He's, like, kind of one of the reasons I started hiking the PCT. So he was really supportive. Mm-hmm. And he became really involved, especially, like, with resupplies and meeting me. So he was kind of all for it. Um, my mom, being an immigrant to this country, is definitely really concerned with, like, my stability. Like, she's like, you should get a job or you need to go back to school. So for her, it took her a while to get on board with it. She wasn't super happy about it. Um, and then she was definitely not happy when I told her I was going to put off law school. She's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> um, but I think eventually, like towards the end, she like realized how important it was and how much growth I had gone through. And so she definitely was very supportive by the end. But it took her some time. I think that's with a lot of parents in general. Just yeah. you know, no matter what background you come from. I think a lot of people see how much it how good it is for a person yeah and you know especially as a parent you just want your kids to be happy yeah yeah i think my brother experienced the same thing like when my brother threw hiked in 2011 mm-hmm. my oldest brother and uh when he was going my my entire family was like what the fuck you're gonna go <laughs> like we were we weren't even like we didn't even think it was cool we were like you're fucking crazy <laughs> we yeah. th- i thought he was nuts when he did it wow. and then he came back my parents saw how much it changed him and how you know, how valuable the experience was. Mm. Um, and then so by the time I was ready to do it, they were just so excited. 
So he was the guinea pig, you know. So when I did it, they were like, <laughs> fuck yeah. <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we had a little bit more experience in my family just because, like, my dad and I had done the JMT when I was just before I went to college. And then okay. he also did it with my sister. So we had a little bit of experience with more long distance hiking. But yeah, my mom was still not a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where you grew up in Sacramento? I grew up in Davis. In Davis, okay. Did you go to UC Davis? No, I went to school in LA. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Davis is a cute town. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Yeah, it's but it's small. cute. It's cute. It's really homogenous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davis is a pretty diverse city too. I feel like with the campus there, at least. Yeah, I guess it's like because I like grew up there, so I feel separate from. The campus, like, yeah. I didn't really associate with students. So I think, like, at least my high school was pretty darn white. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it? Uh, but, I mean, Davis isn't, like, a... It's not very... Is it conservative? Not really, no, right? Because it's, it's really, near Sacramento. No, it's really liberal. Okay. Um, and it's, a, it's a, like, a white-collar community, for sure. Okay, There's so you never, of- like, experienced any, like racism or anything growing up in um, I wouldn't say like intense racism I think I was like super unaware and not very like in tune with my own identity when I was growing up in Davis so I think I did experience a lot of like microaggressions from like even my friends and like just comments that now when I look back I'm like oh that's kind of messed up yeah, yeah at the time I was just like oh oh yeah I am kind of whitish like <laughs> it's fine <laughs> so what do you mean um, I guess, like, some, one of my friends would say, like, I, um, sometimes I forget you're Asian, just comments like that, and at the time, I thought it was great, because I think I just wanted to, like, fit in and blend in, like, mm-hmm. I think I was sort of trying to, like, distance myself from my Asian American identity for, like, most of my teens and even into my early 20s, um, so that, those kind of comments I thought were great, and now that I've, like, changed as a person, and I'm, like, no, I really want to embrace that part of myself. Now when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's it's actually not that great that they said that. Yeah. Why why do you think you were trying to kinda run away from that? Um, I think it's a bit of just like like this the culture I grew up in or society like it gets Davis as a town. I think I grew up kind of just thinking that white was like more attractive and better and then um also just my dad is cause he's super outdoorsy. I think for him growing up, he always felt like he didn't fit in. Like, it's not very common in Asian culture for someone to like doing a lot of outdoorsy things. And yeah. so he just didn't feel like he fit in with, like, Asian, the Asian crew. And then, but he wasn't white either. So he kind of was in this, like, middle ground. And I think a lot of that passed on to me, too. And I, I felt similarly. Similarly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, how how did that translate into being on trail? Did you feel... I mean, obviously the trail is very white, predominantly white. And uh, did you ever feel, I guess, that kind of that those same feelings you felt as a kid on trail, being around, you know, a lot of like in a culture that's predominantly white? Um, surprisingly, I didn't. I mean, I think I had done a lot of like inner work and like self-reflection before I even got to the trail in terms of like embracing that part of myself. So I think because I'd already done some work, it didn't necessarily affect me 
as much on trail. And I think I just, people are so open and welcoming and so willing to like kind of uh, bring down the barriers or the walls that they put around themselves. You just feel really connected to people. So it almost didn't really matter to me. Like, I don't know. I I didn't really feel like an outsider. Which is good because it, I mean, it shouldn't matter. No, it shouldn't matter at all. Um, But yeah, I just, I felt like I was really connecting with people. And so I kind of forgot like about that. Yeah, it just seemed... Not like a big deal. Yeah. When did you do? You, do you think it's from the trail, or when do you think you reached the point when you really want to embrace your heritage? Um, I think it was working and living. Well, the first time was probably in college. Like, I was good friends with um one of my friends who was studying like cultural anthropology, and she was involved with like Asian Student Union and stuff like that. And she was talk. We'd have dialogue and discussions about like what it means to be Asian American and how we fit into the school. And so that kind of like sparked sort of the beginnings of me trying to embrace my identity. Um, But I would say it really didn't happen until I moved to the Bay Area and I started working at the Sierra Club and I was part of a union. And there were all these like big national movements going on, like Me Too and like Black Lives Matter. Oh, so this is recent. This is more recent. Yeah, Yeah. So I would say what is it until like my late probably like a few years ago that I really started being like, no, this is like who I am. And I like love that part of myself. And I, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it took a while. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think, you know, part of embracing your heritage too is almost, it's just respectful to your parents and what probably they had to go through. Um, Because I mean, they grew up in a way different time. I mean, did you, did your mom ever tell you stories of, you know, coming to America and growing up here and where, where did she grow up? Um, so she spent like the first, well, she was in Vietnam for the first like nine years of her life. And then she was in, um, Richmond, Virginia until she's about 17 or 18. And how was that for her? Um, she had a very, my mom had a really tough upbringing. Um, she, so my grandpa was in the Vietnam war. Um, and so she wasn't really raised by her parents. She was raised by, raised by her grandparents, And when she came over, he had had a lot of, like, PTSD. So she grew up in, like, I hope it's okay. She, like, he was very abusive to her when she was younger. Um, And so she ended up going to school really young. She went to college at 15. Oh, wow. And then graduated and wanted to get out of the house as quickly as possible. So she, yeah, she had a very, like, tumultuous (laughs) upbringing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) She hasn't told me too much, but I think the age... Difference was really hard for her. I mean, like, when she went to college, she's 15. Most people go at 18. Yeah. And so they're just in different, different maturity levels, different even life stages in some ways. Like, she was still a kid. Yeah. Um, so I think when we compare, it's, like, hard for us to talk about college because we just didn't even have the same experiences. Totally. And so I don't know too much about, like, her social life. But, um, yeah, I imagine it was, like, very, it was hard because she was not like other kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then where, how'd she meet your dad? Um, they met at UCLA, so my oh. my dad was doing his... Uh, That's where your mom was going when she was 15? No, no, no. My mom went to George Washington. She oh. was She wasn't allowed to be home, like, be far from home, so... Oh, okay. Um, no, she was doing her postdoc at UCLA, and my dad was doing his uh, med school there. Okay. Yeah. That's what they meant. Oh, precious. <laughs> precious moments, and here comes Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so did your dad always take you to do outdoorsy things when you were a kid? Yeah, ever since I was a kid. Because um, you said that's been a love of his for a long time. Oh, yeah. I think 
And he definitely instilled that into my sister and I. I mean, I've loved being outdoors since I, before I can really remember. And I've spent, I think, when I was two days old, he took me out to the beach. <laughs> and he went windsurfing. And obviously, I sat on the beach. But Did he grow up down in Los Angeles then? Um, no, my dad was uh, grew up in Davis. Okay, sweet. Um, oh, so also stalking your Instagram, just to <laughs> backtrack. Uh, I didn't realize you started the trail with your dog. I did. I tried. <laughs> it, was, it was like three days? Yeah, her feet got ripped up, so. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a naive, I thought I could do it, and I really didn't, I don't think I planned thoroughly, but. It was an attempt, yeah. <laughs> so wait, where did she? Where did you send her off at then? Uh, Mount Laguna. Oh, okay. Yeah, really early. <laughs> She's like, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I think she like dogs need to be trained. They need to like learn what it's like to do long distance hiking. You can't just bring a regular dog. Yeah. I just was kind of naive. <laughs> Especially the desert. I mean, like, luckily last year, if anything, would be the year to do, take a dog in the desert because it wasn't super hot. Yeah. But. Still, NorCal would be probably hard for a dog. Yeah, and I got, a, I think, a lot of trail angels. I remember at the beginning, we're like, man, this is really irresponsible of you to bring your dog. I got a lot of pushback. <laughs> yeah, sure. I bet. Yeah, which I think they were right, ultimately, in the end. <laughs> yeah, you don't, I saw a few dogs on trail, but that was more northern Oregon and Washington. And by yeah. then, it's not super hot. So, you know, and if it's a good dog, then... Yeah. yeah, and it's easier on their feet because I think it's less like, I think in the desert a lot of it's like decomposed granite or it's like a little bit harder on their feet. But yeah. like in Oregon and Washington, it's like dirt. Yeah, exactly. So, it's yeah. good trail up there. Yeah. I mean, the whole trail is very well maintained. Yeah. I don't know. About, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, what What initially inspired you to to go on? The, I mean, I know. You, yeah, you said like you've grown up in the outdoors, but. What was like, oh, I want to go on this, like, on a long hike? Um, that's a, it's kind of funny. I really don't have a great <laughs> reason for wanting to start the PCT. I had always thought it would be something cool to do, and my dad had talked to me about it. And at the time, I was planning to go to law school in August, and I was working, and I was like, I'm just going to quit my job. And now I have, like, five-ish months to to do it um so I just kind of was like let's do it I'm gonna try I had no intentions of doing the whole thing I thought I was like I'll just get as far as I can um it started that way <laughs> when when did you decide to like when did you get to the point where you're like oh I guess I could just do this whole thing um like after the Sierra or yeah so it was actually it's funny I had like a major breakdown after the Sierras I almost quit okay, who didn't <laughs> Actually, mine was in the Sierra. <laughs> um, so I went home for a little while, and I had found out I got into a different law school. So I was actually weighing. So I went home for about a, almost two weeks to weigh my options and see like which one I wanted to go to. Um, and then I ended up. My sister ended up coming down. She's the one who got me back on trail. So thanks, Lonnie. Um, <laughs> She was like, let's get on the trail. Like, let's go. I came down here to hike, not to watch you, like, wallow on the couch and try to figure this out. <laughs> um, and so we got back on the trail, and I realized, like, I think just the act of getting back on trail, I thought I had made a decision. Like, I was like, I'm choosing the trail. And after that, I was like, I'm going to just, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep hiking. Like, I'm going to finish, and I'm going to put law school off. 
Yeah. <laughs> Good decision. Yeah, great decision. I mean, I didn't... <laughs> there wasn't a ton of foresight, so after, I was kind of like, what do I do with myself? I have almost a year, but I'm so glad I chose to finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would always be hanging over your head. Oh, today. yeah. I don't think I'd come back and finish... I don't know if I would come back and finish it either. Like, Yeah. It's so hard to know. Or you just go back and do a full hike and then finish. <laughs> yeah, or I just go back to the beginning and... Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would hate to have that hanging over my head. Like, oh, fuck, I have to go back. I don't want to. I'm too tired. (laughs) Yeah, and you're just in good shape. I mean, there's some, like, there's other, like, more, like, practical reasons to finish. You're like, well, it's a good year, and, like, I'm already in hiking shape. Like, otherwise, I'd have to redo that. (laughs) Yeah. So. I just like the feeling of, like, like, a complete northbound hike, or just a complete hike in general. Just, like, I love the flow of the trail. I love, like, running into people again. And it always seems to come at a time when you're feeling, like, really low or, like, super sad and lonely. And then someone you've met in the desert, like, shows up and you're like, oh, fuck, I haven't seen you for, like, 1,500 miles. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should also, like, mention I'm not a very good finisher. Like, I love, I'm good at starting things. I have a really hard time. I'm the same. Completing. And so this was something where I was like, I'm starting this and I'm going to finish it if it's, like, the last thing I do. Yeah. In fact, I probably won't even post this podcast. I just wanted to. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just yanking your chain. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. It's Wednesday. We have nothing to do. Um, uh, for, you know, being a predominant, I hate to, I hate to bring everything back to race, but like I said, this, I do want this uh, podcast to serve as a resource for, you know, people of color, just anyone from any minority group. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as a predominantly white culture, do you think the trail is pretty like accepting? For, you know, especially say someone's listening that is interested in through hiking, but they're afraid because of their background. Um, gosh. I would say that for me, it was predominantly welcoming. Like, I never felt, like, I never felt different or like, like, I didn't, I couldn't talk to people or like, limited in any way while I was on the trail, but I could see how it could be. I mean, it is... Like, it's not cheap to hike the trail. I mean, you can make it cheap, but, like, most people spend a good chunk of change on doing it. So I think there are some, like, financial barriers. And then there's also, like, a lot of... A lot of people get kind of the latest and greatest gear. And, like, some people just can't afford that. And it's... So I think there are some barriers. And I'm just... I'm fortunate that that wasn't something that I was faced with. So I could see that. But, like, as in my personal experience, like, I... Felt like the trail was really loving, really welcoming. People were really open, but I could see it challenges for sure. Did you, you probably didn't really experience any, uh, did you have any like weird experiences with people on trail? I mean, especially even just being a woman. Yeah, I did actually. I I was surprised. I didn't like, I mean, I got a lot of random questions. Like people would question me like, why are you a woman hiking alone? Or like, oh, are you doing the wild thing? Like in reference to the- you're like, no, I'm doing the whole thing, actually. <laughs> yeah, and like, and I don't have much of a heroin addiction. <laughs> I did have like many people tell me I should carry a gun because I was like a single woman, which was very odd. I've heard, I've had told, I've had, people have told me to carry a gun. <laughs> I think everyone asks you, are you? Oh, do you carry a gun? Like, what? No, why? Um, <laughs> but I would say the most like. It's flagrant experience I had in terms of like being a woman alone on the trail was actually like in a town. 
Um, Which town? It was in Leavenworth. Yeah, it was like really late later on and I'd run into... You were uh, in the town? I was in town and I'd run into one of... He wasn't really a hiker. He had worked... I don't want to use this trail name. I know. I think I already know who you're saying. Yeah. 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 Um, But I would say he was someone who had like, I think, hiked it the year before and was going from like different either ranches or towns where like hikers kind of congregated and like sort of helping out and volunteering. I saw him three times. Yeah. Yeah, And he just kind of like had come on to me and my friends like pretty strongly it was very unwanted and even though we gave multiple warnings like he didn't really listen um which was unfortunate <laughs> was it all like verbal stuff um no it, like it was definitely physical i mean luckily we were in a group he would just yeah. come on and like touch like uh, touch us in like ways that we were like hey like we don't really want to be touched like that or like we, we also to- smell bad too but <laughs> literally get your hands off me also <laughs> i was like i have like a personal boundary space and even like making comments like at the time i was in a relationship i was like i have a partner but didn't really like fend off his advances so that was really unfortunate like uh yeah i and i don't think you're alone there um i heard similar things from other female hikers mm-hmm. as well that is the that is the interesting thing is that I don't know I feel like on the trail you don't hear too much shit talking about other hikers <laughs> but if there's one bad apple you're hearing about it there yeah. was another guy which won't oh. say names but I think you know <laughs> yeah oh. yeah that even the nicest hikers <laughs> were like yeah that guy's kind of an asshole and I was like dude okay if you the sweetest <laughs> person on earth is saying someone's an asshole they must be really really bad. But he was also, I think there was a lot of, like, racist shit he was saying about certain hikers. and Yeah. That's That doesn't fly. We don't need you. And we don't need you in our community if you're going to be a dick like that. Yeah. I mean, those were needles in a haystack. But, like, predominantly, yeah. everyone on trail is just amazing. They're just really cool. Really? Even if you don't... What's so cool is, like, even if you don't become friends with someone or if you only see them once and you talk to them for, like, five minutes, mm-hmm. most interactions you have on the trail are quite lovely. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it was amazing. I like, I think something I've learned about myself is I really like just having connecting with people and like enough in an authentic way. And I just loved how so many people had their own like baggage on trail and they were just super open and vulnerable and you could have these really awesome conversations and you just didn't feel like you were faking it. Like, in regular society, people ask how you're doing. and You're like, I'm fine. Reality is you're really not fine. There's like so many things going on. I'm good. Bag my cereal. <laughs> yeah. But on trail, people are just open and honest, and it just felt really, like, real. Yeah. Why do you think um, – this is a que- another question I like to ask people. Why do you think as, you know, maybe just not even long-distance hikers, but just people who are outdoors enthusiasts in general – why do you think we are more in tune with our emotions or more willing to share with those we don't know that well? Um, you can even pull from your own experience as well. I think part of it is there's this, I think a lot of times as an outdoor person, you're spending time alone, like out in nature or in the wilderness. And so you have a lot of time to self-reflect and really kind of think about and be with your emotions and sit in them. And I think that just makes you more emotionally intelligent and able to like communicate better with people. I think also you're doing activities that are scary, like and hard. And so you're pushing yourself and your limits and 
I think there's something to be said for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so while you were hiking, you were in a relationship. Was that, was that tough to be away from your partner at the time? Um, yeah, it was complicated. It was like really hard. My, it wasn't a very good relationship. So on top of that, I think we just, it was messy. Um, but yeah, I think it was always hard because I was always thinking about my partner back home and he was always asking for more attention from me. And he's like, well, how come you're in town? How come you won't call me? And I was like, I have all these chores to do. And there's this miss, like he just didn't understand what the trail was like and what I was going through and what was happening. So we were kind of just like, in a way, growing apart. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that it works for some part, like, I think it works for some relationships. Like, I think if you have a really strong one, then um, you're able to weather that. But for us, it was just really too hard. Yeah. So coming back from the trail, um, you know, because things ended when you finished. Um, they, after. No, they kind of dragged on. <laughs> took yeah. me a while to, like, end it. But yeah, eventually they did. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think was harder to mourn the loss of the relationship or the loss of the trail I was really confusing to me because I didn't I was like in a lot of pain like and I didn't know if it was oh my gosh I'm just missing the trail and I'm having sort of this you know cultural like re-entry problem or like I'm like mourning the relationship um and I think in the end it was more the trail than my relationship and I, I just think I didn't get a chance to actually, I think later on I did, but like initially I didn't because I was in the throes of ending this relationship. I just didn't even get to reflect on the trail and what I had learned and I didn't really get to celebrate it either. So I think ultimately it was mourning that. Yeah. 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 It, finishing the trail in, in a way is kind of like ending a relationship. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's it was good for you, but it's not it can't always be good for you. Like it's n- or not sustainable. I don't know. It's, I, I was trying to make an analogy and I don't think it's working out well. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so it, I feel like finishing the trail is like way more to process than actually doing it. Oh yeah. Cause while you're out there, it just becomes, it just becomes your life. It becomes so easy. Yeah. I think it's actually, I learned more after the trail about myself and all like the work I think it was a combination of getting out of a really nasty relationship and then also finishing the trail. I had to do a lot of like self-reflective work. And so I think I learned the most about myself actually in the like, I guess the following eight months after I got off than I did even on the trail. So. Yeah. I feel like there, there were days after I finished that were like harder than my hardest day on the trail. Oh, yeah. Just because I was like, all I want to do is be walking right now. Yeah. and just Or just, like, be taking a break next to, like, a cute little stream <laughs> and, like, taking pictures and, like, bossing hikers around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I missed it. I really missed it so much. I was like, I want to be anywhere but where I am right now. Yeah. Every day. Even, I mean, like, I think about it every single day. Yeah. But it, there's times where it just comes in waves where I'm like, fuck, I just want to be on the trail. Like, all I want to do right now is just be, like, knowing, like, I don't have to, like, be anywhere or have any obligations for the next, like, couple months. <laughs> I mean, I think it is, like, ending a relationship. I kind of half-jokingly, like, half-not will tell people that I fell in love with the trail as if I had fallen in love with a person, even though it's this inanimate 
thing. Um, but I think I did. I was like, I, I was like, I swear that's what love is. That's love. I was like, I would, the trail was it for me. Yeah. Weird. No, no. I, I mean, I feel the same way. Almost to the point where it's like, like I feel like sometimes it's like uh, obsessive. Yeah. Like I'm infatuated with everything about the trail. I think it's also maybe an infatuation with like maybe who I am on trail. Mm. You know, uh, not that I'm not the same person, but I just feel, I don't know. I feel like so much better about myself when I'm, when I'm through hiking than I do in real life. And I want to be that person constantly, <laughs> but it's hard to navigate when you're back in society. I think we're like our truest selves when we're on trail. I like really believe that. I think that's like the real us when we're out there. Yeah, and, you can't hide. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide. And I think when we get back into society, because there's all these expectations, we, that kind of changes. You know, like all this insecurities come back in. Yeah. And There's stress. <laughs> there's work. There's, you know, people getting married, having babies. There's all this like <laughs> social obligations that you don't have yeah. to deal with on the trail. Yeah. And just like personal expectations like oh i should get a career or a job or like maybe i need to like buy a house or oh i should be in a serious relationship right now like all these things that kind of come back in that like don't matter on trail at all <laughs> so yeah i know it sucks <laughs> like fuck real life no <laughs> no it's great too though i do like having a bed and having things but like <laughs> yeah i think there's like yeah there's definitely some pluses I get to be with my dog now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and your dog doesn't get have to have, you know, fucked up feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she has like perfectly manicured feet now. <laughs> um, how do you think, and this question is probably, probably different for you than it would be for me or like, a, you know, like a white appearing person. But mm-hmm. how do you think... I'll ask you this way. How do you I how do you think people who are not from a minority group, that is whether it's a person of color, someone that's part of the LGBT group, mm-hmm. you know, a plus size person or mm-hmm. you know even someone that's disabled, uh how do you think those people um that predominantly like make up the culture of the outdoors, how do you think they can help diversify our our community yeah that's like a loaded question (laughs) um i mean there's a lot of like podcasts out there and like a lot of groups out there there's this really cool one called diversify outdoors oh okay Um, that's a podcast and this one's not that's a website but it's like a bunch of it's mostly like poc people of color who are really awesome like athletes who are showing up i think for me the biggest thing is like as an asian american woman i just don't see that many other asian women out there like yeah kicking butt and like when you open a magazine or you open like patagonia there a there's not as many women and b most of the women are white and blonde and yeah. so um that can be kind of a barrier because like you just don't see someone like you succeeding so you wonder if you can um interesting so i yeah. think for me at least just and so i've i have found people and that's why represent representation is important yeah it's super important i think like rei is trying to do that they have like a force of nature campaign now that's supposed to get like women particularly women of color into their media ads um and then there are some really cool um podcasts out there's one called like for the love of climbing and it's an asian american woman who like 
narrates the the podcast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's all it's all about like climbing, and it's more about like embracing vulnerability. But she kind of weaves in climbing into that and different people's stories. And oh, I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. So I think for me, a lot of it's like representation and also finding people where like. Sometimes you want to be around people of color who have similar experiences and that can bring you closer, especially in the outdoors. Like, I love going out with all my white... I mean, going out with white friends is totally fun, but, like, there's something to be said to being out there with, like, Asian... Like, with a woman, Asian American woman or a Latino woman. Like, there's just a kinship that you have. Yeah. Um, And so, also just, like, finding that community, I think is really or fostering like safe spaces for people of color totally. in the outdoors is really important. That's really interesting. So, um so I interviewed I don't know if you ever met Nandi. Her tra- trail name was Sea Lion. I don't think so. She through hiked with her boyfriend Space Jam. Okay. Uh, his real name's Kevin. Okay. Uh anyway, so they're an interracial couple. She's black, he's white. Oh, wow, okay. Um I I interviewed her for the podcast last week and she said kind of the same thing. Uh where Sometimes it just feels good to be immersed with people who have your same experiences. Yeah. Um, she said, you know, every time she see a black person in town, she'd give them a little head nod. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't know black people actually did that. Um, and that it's just so interesting to hear that because, uh, you know, as a gay person, I don't feel that with other gay people. Like when I see another gay person, like, mm-hmm. like I mean, if I see another gay man, first thing I'm doing is checking him out, but then <laughs> second thing, I'm just like, okay, you're just another gay person, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I, I totally understand why there are large LGBT groups, you know, people mm-hmm. do want to be immersed, you know, or be around people that share their experiences, um, which I've had my own set of uh, you know, discrimination throughout my life, especially growing up in a small town, you know, sure. I didn't grow up too far from Davis. Yeah. Um, but I never feel the need, though. I guess I just, I maybe have even felt some kind of prejudice from my own, uh, my own group, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or subculture, I guess you'd call it. Or a community. Or a community. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's, if it's, but yeah, I don't really think of it as a community for me. Like, I think <laughs> it outdoors, like, I think of, like, everyone I meet on the trail that's like that's who i consider my community yeah i think race is such it's like at the core of so many like systematic injustices and i think that it's just that i think being able to i think a lot of time i think at least for me as a person of color i tell people i want to be seen as different like i want you to acknowledge the fact that i am not white but i do not want you to treat me differently even though you're acknowledging that i'm different Mm -hmm. um and i think just being able to talk about like race and like how you feel and certain experience you have with someone who's been through it. I mean, it's kind of like hikers in a way. It's like, I love talking to PCT hikers who've actually done the trail because they understand what that's like. And I think that's kind of a similar thing with people of color is that like you're just talking with someone who's been through it and gets it. Because even if like off trail, their life is vastly different. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're still going to have something to relate to. Yeah. You're be like, we did this big, huge thing and it was really hard, but right. it was beautiful. And we learned a lot about it ourselves. Yeah. So I think it's just like a similar thing for people of color. And like, I mean, that's why I'm in a climbers of color group here. It's just, it's so nice to climb with people who are like, not, to find a community where there's like non-white folks. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It just feels really safe and supportive. I think the other thing is you need to feel safe to be able to talk about some of these issues. And like, sometimes when there's like, 
white folks in the room, it's just harder to be open and yeah, not feel like you're going to get threatened or something. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, kind of like going off, spinning off of this, um, do you think that even being nicer to someone because they're a person of color is a form of racism? Because I've heard this from friends, mostly, I guess it's mostly my friends who are are black, mm-hmm. say that they have experiences with people where people, they can tell people are being nicer to them because they are, well, you know, like white people. It's like some form of maybe like white guilt. I don't know if that would... Yeah, yeah. or white fragility. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, I could see it as being at the... I, I could see that. I think it just goes back to the fact that, like, you want to be acknowledged as different, but you don't want to be treated differently. So if someone's acting nicer to you, you're kind of like, well, why are you treating me a little bit differently than you would, like, that other person over there? So I could see it that way. And I've never, I haven't personally experienced that before. So it's hard for me to, like, comment. But do you think, um, do you think it's different being an Asian American than it is being an African American woman? Oh, yeah. How so? I think that, you know, this is something I had to learn the hard... I wouldn't think when I was learning about embracing my Asian American identity, one of my friends told me, she's like, you know, I think it's great that you're doing this, but you should know that there's a hierarchy within, like, the people... Or within POC community, basically. And I think that I absolutely can identify as a person of color, but I will not have the same experience and or go through the same injustices as an African-American woman will. So there is still, like, differences even within. And that was something I kind of had to, like, learn. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, through having these conversations, um, I mean, that's something even I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I mean, I came from, I come from a Mexican mother, Mm -hmm. but I've never experienced any racism. I mean, I look white. Yeah. And I'm only half. Yeah. So, you know, people just see your color of your skin and they assume, like, right. okay, you're just white. Um, my mom has definitely experienced, you know, she, it's actually funny. My mom doesn't even really speak that great of Spanish. Mm-hmm. She grew up in, uh, so I grew up in Redding, you know, mm-hmm. probably about 45 minutes south of the trail where it crosses Interstate 5, mm-hmm. right before Mount Shasta, um, which is a very, very white town. Um, and, you know, it's pretty red, which is okay. If you're a nice person, uh, we're not going to get into politics here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. Um, but I mean, she, they moved from Sacramento to Reading when she was like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got made fun of a lot for being, you know, being Mexican. They'd get called like beaners and wetbacks and, you know, all the, all the names in the mm-hmm. book. So they were kind of ashamed of their heritage growing up. Yeah. My parent or my grandparents' first language was Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never wanted to learn it as kids because they were embarrassed. Um, uh, luckily, my mom got the cooking down. So that's, thank God she inherited like something from my grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting to be a person that appears white, but also come from like a, you know, a, you know, a different race. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's similar. I think it's a generational thing because it's the same. Like, my grandparents speak English. They don't speak Chinese on my dad's side. Like, my grandma sounds... She doesn't even have an accent. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, like, pretty bizarre. And so my dad doesn't know any Chinese. And he didn't really 
get any of the culture, to be honest. So yeah. I was like, I grew up extremely Americanized. Um, what about your your mom's family? Well, your mom, does she speak Vietnamese? So she speaks a little bit. She's pretty, my, like, because she had such a tumultuous upbringing, she's really estranged from a lot of her family. Um, so my mom has an accent. When you talk to her, you can hear it. I, yeah. I can't really tell anymore because I think I've just become accustomed well, to it. Well, your mom, yeah. Yeah, but, um, so she knows a little bit of Vietnamese, but again, I, like, didn't get much culture from her either. I think she really wanted to distance herself. Like, yeah. when I talk about going back to Vietnam, I was like, I want to go home to the motherland. She's, like, not super keen about it. <laughs> so I think she just has really bad memories and, like, is just trying to separate herself. Yeah. Do you think, do you think the trail, in a way, made, yeah, did I ask this already? Maybe I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but you just, like, put you more in tune with who you are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm, like, I feel now I'm more in touch with myself than I've, like, ever been in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the trail's a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm more proud to be, like, a person of color. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, it's, I'm so, yeah, I'm glad I am. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's so interesting because, I mean, I know, I, I feel like a, I feel like a bad gay person. <laughs> 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 I feel awful because, you know, they can, people consider... LGBT hikers to be, you know, people that diversify our, our trail systems, mm-hmm. um, which to me is funny because I'm like, just because I fuck other dudes isn't like I don't feel like that makes me diverse. <laughs> but then like if I, but it's funny because even as a gay person, if I meet another gay person on trail, I'm like, oh my god, there's so, a gay person. This is amazing. There's yeah. like diversity. But like for myself, I don't feel like I'm diversifying the trail mm-hmm. at all by being a gay person. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I wonder why that is. Like, I, I wonder why, like, I can meet someone that looks just like me that's also gay and be like, oh, good, another, like, there's a gay person. This is, you know, there's some sort of diversity on trail, even if they're white. But, like, for myself, I can't, I don't know, I just don't feel that way. Maybe it's because I'm not immersed in my other community, which yeah. is the LGBT community. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's something I need to, I need to go on another through hike. I need to, but that's why like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of hikers I see like on their Instagrams or they're very out loud about being like, I'm gay. Like, and I'm doing this hike Mm -hmm. and you know, whatever. And me, I mean, I don't mind talking about being gay. I've been out since I was 16. So for me, it's just like, if it comes up, it comes up. It's like, just like any straight person. Yeah. It comes up about talking about, you know, someone you think is attractive or whatever. Yeah. But that's why, I don't know. I feel, sometimes I feel like maybe I should be a little bit more, like, out loud and proud about it. I don't know. I'm not really out loud and proud. I mean, it's not really on my Instagram. Yeah. I don't really say, like, proud person of color. Yeah. I think it's more of a quiet thing for me, like, that I embrace it, but I don't necessarily need to. I still feel a little weird about going around being like, I'm a person of color, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think it's something that I just needed to embrace for myself, but the world didn't need to really know about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, w- I got this message. I think it might have said something. Maybe I didn't. No. I don't think I posted about it because I didn't want to get into it. But, well, I mean, so like a few weeks ago, I did post about, you know how I don't feel very connected to the gay community and that's why I don't go to gay pride anymore and I don't you know wave a big fucking flag or anything um but I I got a message probably maybe like a couple months ago from a girl basically telling me I had an obligation to be more gay on my Instagram which I was like (laughs) 
maybe I should have said this, but I was like, what? I, I was like, do you want me to like start sucking dicks on my stories? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she was basically saying that like, I have this obligation as a gay person to be more gay on my Instagram since I have a following, hmm. which I thought was really weird. I think that's bizarre. I think it's like your obligation is just to be you and embrace whatever that means. Like, I don't think you need to be more of something or less. Of yeah. Something. Like, I think, like, I think I'm pretty authentic to myself. Like yeah. people know I'm gay and that's yeah. good enough, you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's what you want. You just want to put you out there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I much rather people know me like be like, I hope, like, I think when most people reference me, they're referencing my work. Mm-hmm. Like, I never want to be like, oh, yeah, that gay kid that hiked the trail. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like, that's, I don't say, oh, that straight person that hiked the trail. I mean, yeah. that'd be mostly everyone, but. I think n- none of us wants, like, a modifier on us. Like, yeah. oh, that person of color that hikes the trail. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, I think we just, I think it all just comes back to, like, I think that's a fine, like, to me, it always comes back to, like, being acknowledged as such that, like, no, I'm not like you. I'm not white or like I'm not straight. But treat me the same. But treat me the same, yeah. you know? To- yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I remember when I, I did that little section hike this earlier this year in April, mm-hmm. I met this really precious girl named Chantel. Um, this really cute black girl. I posted a picture of her um, that I took of her in the grass mm-hmm. and her like <laughs> little pretty pink shirt and whatever. Um, But I posted this picture of her and I got a a few messages of people being like, oh, thank you so much for like posting pictures of like people of color. And I was like, well, I would have posted a picture of her anyway. It's just I had a conversation with her and I was having, you know, the whole day, the day before I did 20 miles and it just felt really like, oh, like I'm back on the trail and I don't feel like it's that exciting. Yeah. So the next day I was like, oh, this is what I love about the trails. Like. Right when you're feeling down, you meet someone that like changes your day, and that we just like we hiked together a little bit and like had a really nice conversation. Oh, so I like I was gonna take a picture of her anyway because I wanted to remember yeah. her. So it was just kind of interesting how people were like, "Oh, thank you so much for doing that." I was like, "Well, I was gonna do it anyway." Yeah, like I'm not trying. You know, I don't ever want to seem. I I don't know. That's the thing is like I don't ever want to seem like I'm trying, but then sometimes like people get pissed at you for not trying. So then I was like, well, you know, with this podcast, like I want to try to include everyone. Yeah. But I don't want to seem like I'm trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> There's this weird dichotomy, like, like I want, like I'm an inclusive person. I don't want to seem like I'm trying to be an inclusive person because that seems like weird. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, was- I think <laughs> I think it depends so much on who is writing that to you too like i don't know we were my friend was telling me we were at a she was at a law school thing and this one white girl brings up like how how are you guys inclusive like what's your person like do you have a safe space for people of color and that's kind of weird to me because i'm like why are you asking that you're a white person it's a little odd uh like i could see a person of color like i could see people reaching out to you being like oh my gosh i'm so glad that you're posting this because like now i see like someone who looks like me or like a yeah. role model for me to like now I can aspire to that or like now I feel like I can I see myself hiking now so I can see that I think it just really depends on you know their intention behind yeah messaging yeah <laughs> which is hard to know you wouldn't know <laughs> yeah that's why I mean like <clears throat> that's why with this <clears throat> I wanted to get people's backstories and like I hate to bring everything back to race but I feel like I don't know, we need to have these conversations. 
Yeah. And I mean, I'm doing it partly for me too, just to like learn more. Yeah. You know, like learn more about my friends, learn more about other hikers and like the, how their experiences are different from mine. Yeah. Um, and hopefully through that, people get can be inspired to do the same things. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess I feel like what I'm saying is like, I just feel dichotomized. Like I don't ever want to seem like I'm trying that hard. Like, yeah. I just, like I'm just doing it because I want to do it, but I don't want people to be like, oh, you only got that person because she's like Asian or you only got this person because <laughs> they're black. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I think Maybe I'm overthinking it, like, way too much. <laughs> I think you just get a bunch of people and you let them tell their stories. I think that's the most important thing is just, like, learning about them as a person. Yeah. And hopefully getting, like, finding people who can connect or or empathize. Like, I think that was one thing the trail did, too, is it built empathy. Like, it made, yeah. you, it made you softer as a human. Like, I feel so much softer now. Like, I'm a crier. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I feel the same exact way when it comes to trail. I always tell people, like, when people you know, friends or whoever asked me, like, how did the trail change you? I'm like, it made me emotional. Yeah. It made it, or maybe it just put me in tune with those emotions. Finally, you know, like, I feel like I'm not someone that cries a lot mm-hmm. or at least I wasn't. And, you know, I mean, in Washington, I was crying almost every day. You know, I see it, <laughs> you know, fucking chipmunk eating some nuts and I'd be like, Oh my God. And, like, <laughs> and like, yeah, I just, I, I feel like I'm, I allow myself to cry when I need to now. Yeah, I think that's something too. Like growing up in an Asian American, we were just my. Ne- I've never seen my dad cry, and I was just. It was something I didn't do, or I would always cry in the privacy of like my room. I didn't want people to see me. It was kind of like the shameful thing. And now I'm just like, girl, let it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> wherever I am, whatever it is, it's a healthy thing. I think they've like shown like studies actually that you're releasing certain hormones when you cry. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, like, I always feel so good after a good cry. Like, right? once I'm done and I've like taken a nap <laughs> and like my eyes have healed, <laughs> you know, a day later and I don't look like I've like, got the shit beat out of me, like, I feel so much better. Like, yeah. I just feel like it really just releases a lot. Like, Oh, yeah. It's like total relief. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Sometimes I, like, wish I had, like, a big house with, like, a bunch of glass. Like, I just, like, do... Have you ever wanted to do that? I've always wanted to just, like, walk through a big house with, like, vases and clocks and just, like, smash shit. <laughs> like, on a day, like, on a day that, like, I was, you know, really shitty. Not just, like, in general. But yeah. I think that'd be really therapeutic. Just, like, break a bunch of shit. Or, like, <laughs> scream. <laughs> you know, I'm not much of a, like, like someone... I'm not... It, I, I'm loud. Yeah. In general, just, like, when I speak, <laughs> how I am. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, like, a lot... Like, when I'm angry, I... Or, like, pissed off, I'm not, I'm not like, a loud... I'm not, like, someone that would scream. Yeah. I'm not really an angry person. I mean, I've gotten angry before, but generally, I think I'm someone who tends to just, like... Or like retreat into like sadness and pain mm-hmm. when I'm like in those situations. I'm like definitely not a yeah. I'm not like a physical angry like yelling want to punch something. I'm a runner. Like I'm I'm like <laughs> not like I go on a run. I mean like I run away from the problem. <laughs> I like wanted to do that. That was something I wanted like. To if do. I'm like pissed off with someone or if I'm in a bad mood or just like something happened that day, I'm like I'm gonna retreat. I'm going somewhere. I'm gonna. Go camp by myself for a couple nights, <laughs> regroup, and then I'll be ready. Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't mind confrontation. Not that I ever really have confrontation with people to confrontate. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> 
To confront? Okay, there we go. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I was like, confront, confrontate. I don't know. Anyway, we'll just edit that out. Uh, <laughs> actually, no. People know I'm need to know I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> bring me, bring me down a few pegs. Um, yeah, not that I'm ever actually, you know, have conflicts with people, but when I do, I don't know. I just, I, I find like a lot of people seem like very angry. And I don't, I don't respond well to that because I'm, especially the times I have been in arguments, I tend to like, okay, don't curse, don't call names, listen, and then make sure you're being listened to as well. Yeah. I think it's so simple, but people just get like heated. I don't know. I just think anger is typically pain that's masked. It's like easier to feel anger than it is to feel pain. So yeah, people tend to resort to. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, I mean that's easier said than done. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I also haven't been in a relationship for a long time, so I mean I can't really say how I'd react. You know? <laughs> Which I, I just assume that's how why you know in most cases when people are fighting. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, what? Let's see. Hmm. What advice would you have um, for just is just for general anyone? What advice do you have for this year's hikers when it's their time, when everything's said and done? How to cope? How to get through it? <laughs> um, I think I would say adjust your expectations, um, and. I think just really, I think so, like self-reflect and just really try to embrace all that you are, all the feelings, like sit in them, feel them, be with them, connect with other people, really go with the flow. I think, I think the more connected you are with yourself, the more magical the trail is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, for anyone that might feel like they're different or they're maybe a little bit too intimidated to go on a long hike or just even just be outdoors. They don't have to go on a through hike, but uh, what advice would you lend to them? Um, I think, I mean, start like, I think start with like incremental steps. Like you don't have to just go out and do a through hike. You can do a smaller hike, you know, it's just pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone a little bit And then also just seeking out communities and safe spaces where you can do that, where you can be with others. Like if you don't want to do it alone, um, I would say like those two things. Yeah. Perfect. Um, What are some, do you have any uh, off the top of your head, any good resources for people of color Um, that are interested in the outdoors? Even I think, well, so I think it's called diversify outdoors or if you just, um, Google it, it should pop up and they've got an Instagram. I'm not entirely sure what the... I'll, I'll stock and I'll put it on the... Okay. Um, and then I would say that like some of the podcasts, like, I mean, She Explores is a good one. It talks about... Mm, she yeah, some, like, I've listened to, to a few of those. Yeah, there's some about like women of color in there. And then, um, yeah, yeah, I also think uh, like the For the Love of Climbing is a good podcast and... Um, there's Facebook groups like Climbers of Color is a Facebook group, so PDX, sorry, Portland, that's in Portland, but if you're yeah. here, <laughs> yeah. um, trying to think if there's others, 
um, honestly, just a good Google search sometimes, looking up like diversity in the outdoors. I think in a lot of those podcasts, they mention resources. Okay, too. great. So, like, you can kind of follow <laughs> follow through the podcasts. Do you have any uh, any people you follow that are, you know, like a person of color or someone that you like um, to follow that? Shalma June. She's a climb, Asian American climber. Yeah, Asian American female climber. She hosts a big climbing festival in Bishop every year oh, okay. for women, like mostly women. Um, and she's just she's awesome. Like, and sometimes if you just look her up, Shalma June on YouTube, she has all these really awesome talks about diversifying the climbing community, and um, she's really rad. Okay, cool. Maybe have to I'll maybe reach out to her see if we can get her on this. Yeah, she's cool. awesome. Or Kathy Carlo also. She's really cool. Who's Kathy Carlo? She's also like a climber. Um, there's a few really rad Asian American women climbers. There's like one who's a photographer. I can't remember her name, but I can always send them to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Cool. See, these are people I don't even know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We need to make them more famous. Yeah. 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 I think they have done a couple stuff with REI too. Cool. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I should actually start doing that. That should be a segment at the end of each episode. <laughs> is like, who do you follow that is helping diversify the outdoors? That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I'll find their Instagrams and I'll post those in the links too. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, anything else you wanna you wanna add that we didn't that we didn't cover? <laughs> <laughs> we covered a lot. Um, no, I'm just thank you so much for having me and letting me talk about me <laughs> for a little while and the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Now get out of my house. <laughs> Where's the door? <laughs> and wait, one more time. What is? Oh, Kelly Chang, age twenty-eight, Davis, California. I like. What did I say? Bland saltines. <laughs> Almost said bitter. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. That was my friend Kelly Chang. Uh, if you like the podcast, um, please go ahead, leave us a review. Five stars, no less. Thank you. Um, or if you, uh, you know, identified with something Kelly said, uh, you can go find her on our Instagram, which is at Kelly C. So that's K-E-L-L-E-S-E-E. Go send her a little message. Say thanks. Um, Say I, uh, you know, identified with what you said. And um, that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is to uh, connect people. If you'd like to support the podcast through advertisement, you can contact me um, I prefer email, which is tommycoreyphoto at gmail.com. But if you like sliding into those DMs, my Instagram handle is at twerk in the dirt. That's twerk with a K. Don't get it. Don't get it bent. And as always, a big thank you to Aunt Cynthia's Cabin for our intro outro music. That song is called Solitary Man, and you could find them on iTunes and Spotify. And of course, thank you to the Princess Kelly Chang. Uh, for sitting down with me and letting me bug you and ask you questions and torment you. I know you loved it. So guys, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.